Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. If you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel 15. Begin reading in verse 21. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. I'm going to stop right there, although we're going to stay pretty much in this chapter because there's a number of things I want us to talk about. And I've preached on this text a number of times, not here, not in this church, but in times past. I've preached especially from verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. In our land, we're told and we've bought into Satan's lie that teenagers just rebel. That's just something that they do. We taught our children all rebellion is sin. Teenage rebellion is not a normal thing. It is sin. And as a consequence, when they got to the teenage years, we didn't see teenage rebellion. Why? Because it says... Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We're going to examine that. We're going to look at that a little more. But I'm just saying that, that we do not buy into the ideas of the world and just say, oh, well, it's a normal thing. Because all rebellion against God and against those in authority, the scripture says, it's as the sin of witchcraft. So we're going to look at that. But there's something that really, the whole reason I'm preaching this is because the second part of that verse, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. As some of you know, I've been trying to put on a lesson for all of the members of the church and anyone who would like to see on church history. been doing that from my office at home. And my loving wife watched one and said, oh, you've got to do better. You have got to clean some things up. My old man in the stubbornness just wanted her to get out. (laughs) But she loved me. She wanted, she didn't want me to look stupid or she didn't want me to look, you know, unkept in any way. And I had to listen to the voice of my wife. But it struck me 
my own stubbornness. It struck me on how I could want to just dig my heels in and say, wait a minute, I'm going to do this. Well, that's what we find in the Word of God today. In 1 Samuel 15, Samuel had been told to go and kill all of the children of Amalekites because the Amalekites had ambushed Israel when they were coming into the land. They took them by surprise. Therefore, God said, go and utterly destroy them. We won't get into all of the reasons for that. But then if you are still there in 1 Samuel 15, it says in verse 8, this is speaking of Saul, that he had attacked the Amalekites. He had warned some of the other peoples in the land so they would get out, that it would only be against the Amalekites. It says he also took Agag of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised as worthless, that they utterly destroyed. So he partially obeyed the word of God. The Lord had told him to go in verse 3, go and utterly destroy. Don't leave one alive. Why would the Lord say don't leave one? Because little Amalekites grow up to be big Amalekites. They've learned certain things. There were certain areas that God wanted utterly destroyed and removed. Saul says, no, I'm going to keep the king. Why would he keep the king? If you think about it, it was really for his own aggrandizement. So he could show off, that he could show, look at what I've done. Look at, here's my trophy. And if you wonder why and where Saul got some of that, he's done that because he was trying to build himself up. And the Lord had told him exactly what to do. But in verse 12, it says, So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went up to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself and has gone around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. You see, Saul wanted to build a monument and something to himself so everybody would recognize what he had done. And then as Samuel approaches that great prophet of God, approaches Saul, he says in verse 14, but Samuel said, as Saul had just told him, oh, we've obeyed the voice of the Lord. Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears, and the lowing of oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, don't say any more. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Let me ask. Here's Saul's procession. Saul comes walking up and Samuel hears the, of the sheep and the oxen and all that they kept. And Agag, all that should have been destroyed. Let me ask, what's in your procession? What have you spared that God said get rid of? In verse 24, the Lord made it very clear then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. And he makes an excuse, for I feared the people and obeyed their voice. 
And, and sometimes people want to argue to justify themselves rather than recognizing, wait a minute, I did wrong. We're going to examine that much more this morning. Saul said that he has sinned, but he argues the case. Again, in verse 15 and 21, he says, But the people, the people, he was more concerned about his popularity in Israel than his relationship to God. And you can see that as we go down a little farther in 1 Samuel 15. It says, verse 26, But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, because in verse 25, he wants Samuel to come back with him. I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Now remember also, just a kind of a side note, David is a little boy at this point. David has not yet begun to play for Saul as the king on his instrument. And you see that in chapter 16. And then a little later, we have David fighting the Philistines and taking the five pebbles in the sling and killing Goliath. None of that has happened at this point. And God has judged King Saul. And Samuel turned around to go away. Saul seized the edge of his robe and tore it. And he says, I, I don't want you to go. But look down to verse 30. Then he said, I have sinned, yet... Honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. You see, there, there was not a heartfelt repentance. He wanted to do it because he wanted the people to still see who he was. Built a, a monument to himself in Carmel. And now he wants to build something else for himself. You see, rather than recognizing our sin and turning from it, and keeping ourselves as king on our own throne, it's better to obey. You see, when we have the right view of ourselves, in God's eyes, He will lift you up. Verse 17 says, So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? It, it has to deal with our own heart. What are we carrying along? How are we trying to justify that which should have been judged? I remember a man that went out and he played lotto and he won pretty big and he said, I'm going to give a tenth to the church. Nope, just keep it. God doesn't need gambling money. God doesn't need your money whatsoever. He can do whatever. And oh boy, did that upset him. Now I've had other people say, well, you know what, Satan had that money long enough. Might as well be used of the Lord. It was just not so. You cannot use things that have been ill-gotten gain and turn it over and say, well, I'll just give a little bit to the Lord. And that's what Saul is trying to do. He's trying to come up and serve God in his own way. How sad. Why is it that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft? Because rebellion is just that. It's saying, I'm going to find a way for me to do it my own way. Stubbornness is like idolatry because we're lifting ourselves up. We're saying, I'm the one who's going to do it, but it's better to obey. You can give your time, your money, your worldly pleasures, and yet hold back your heart. In the New Testament, it was the Macedonians, the scripture says, who gave themselves first. I think that's an important concept, that we give ourselves first. We give self, and then our service, and then our substance. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. 
You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. For years as I was pastoring, I never preached about giving except that you give your life to Christ. When you give your life to Christ, everything that you have comes along. And when we get our life right in the sight of God, money is not a problem. We don't have to worry about any of those things. Well, what's behind all of this? Stubbornness. Stubbornness. We see how God classifies these things. He says it's the iniquity and idolatry. It's obstinate disobedience. I'm going to do it my way. And we see how we can just say, no, this is it. I remember my wife attended one of our churches and she had all of the grandkids and a big crowd to come in to visit. And she sat down in the back row. Oh boy, what a mistake. Because that was somebody's pew. That was somebody's seat. And for a first time visitor to come in with all these little kids, how could you do that? I can't tell you how many times I've been preaching and I've asked people, well, let's just move up or let's just come to the center. The old church where I was, we had a center row and two other on the side. And I'd say, let's move and, and sit right here. There's only a few of us today. And that's when the saints would stand up and say, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. <laughs> they would dig their heels in and say, this is my seat. <laughs> See, that's just stubbornness. That's just a wilderness. Now, I'm making a point. I, I hope you recognize that sometimes in our own lives, we get silly about being stubborn on little things. And the Bible compares us to animals. It compares us to the old mule. In Psalm 32, at verse 9, it says, Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near. But just before that, he said, I will instruct you and teach you in the way to go. I will guide you with my eye. That's why he says, don't be like the horse or the mule. Don't be like others. When uh, we were kids, my dad brought an old mule home. We lived there in Southern California. We had a mule. And I've got to tell you that there were times that my brother took a two-by-four to that mule because sometimes mules go forward by going backward. And I don't know how that is, but sometimes we get kind of mulish and we're only going backwards and we're backward about going forward. But he says here in 1 Samuel 15, it was the voice of the people. He was so inclined to be popular that Saul just wanted Samuel's approval for his action. He pretended to be sorry, but there was no true sorrow. Some years just prior to this, Saul had eradicated witchcraft out of Israel. He had all the witches killed and then when the Lord turns away from him for his disobedience, we see in chapter 28, Saul puts a disguise on and he goes out and what is he looking for? He's looking for a witch. He goes back and looks for witchcraft. 
to fill the need that the Lord had met in his life before. He goes back and tries to bring back something that he should have cut off and been rid of long ago. What's in your procession? What's following you? What is it that you've spared that God said to get rid of? Sometimes when we forget to get rid of that sin that's just been a habit that's just grown and we've never never really gotten rid of it, but we keep it and we think, well, the Lord doesn't see or I'm not doing that anymore. Sometimes that man will sneak back to it. He'll think about, he'll try to reason Well, God doesn't really care. Others do much worse or try to excuse it. That's what Saul was doing. He was trying to excuse. said, but the people, the people wanted to do this. But he's got to give himself totally and completely. That's what we don't see here. Here is a king who missed his chance. A king trying to get back a lost opportunity. You may only have one chance to obey the Lord. You may, God may be gracious and give you others. But are you listening to your prophet? Saul came and was hearing the voice of Samuel, but was not heeding what the prophet said. There is another king of Israel that the prophet came to him and told him the story of a man he had done so wrong. And King David said, we'll get that man. And the prophet Nathan said, thou art the man. Now it's hard sometimes to stand right in front of your accuser and say, you are the man, you are the one. But David listened to his Nathan. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 51, and and you may be very familiar with that, it says, and this is where David and Saul were so different, because he says, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. You see, Saul doesn't come with a broken heart. He doesn't come with a contrite spirit like David. When David listened to his prophet, and oh, there were so many others that had a chance. Samuel represented the missed opportunity. What about Elijah when he came to Ahab? What about John the Baptist when he came to Herod? What about in our life? Who's been the prophet that has spoken into your life? And I'm saying it may not have been like these Old Testament prophets, but maybe you had godly parents that spoke and told you something you needed to heed. Maybe you have a godly wife that speaks and you need to listen. Maybe you have a pastor, somebody in your past that has spoken and blessed you and you needed to listen and and hear the voice of that man of God. Most of us have somebody who's called us out, who's taken the time because they love us and they care for us. And God pity the man who trusts in himself because then it becomes as rebellion, which is the same as witchcraft, stubbornness, which is the same as idolatry. He who treats Samuel like Saul did his, how miserable are those souls. I've met so many that have had the chance and they're miserable A prophet, if you trifle with that voice, you'll be left to yourself and your own doom. You see, the presence departed from Saul. The presence was gone. What a miserable wretch he'd become. Broken, and rather than giving all, rather than recognizing, he still wanted to have a big name in Israel. But the people kept the best for sacrifice. But Saul kept 
Agag, his trophy. Saul kept Agag. Nobody ever said, oh, you should keep the king. The only reason the king was kept it was either for ransom or to show off. God wants another type of sacrifice. He reminds us of another king that listened, that hearkened as David did. Have you ever been broken into the will of God in your life? God always uses broken things. Have you ever been broken? What's in your procession? Have you been broken? The broken soil that produces the grain the broken grain that produces the harvest, the broken clouds that produce the rain, the broken bread that feeds our bodies, the broken clouds, the broken alabaster, that broken alabaster box that anointed the head of Jesus with a precious ointment. Jacob met God, wrestled with the Lord, and he went away with a limp, but he had the power of God and of men all the rest of his life. Peter met the risen Lord, and he wept bitterly. But he returned, and we see the boldness of Peter throughout his life. Some say that we need programs. Some say, well, if we could just get the right program, and I'll tell you what the program of the Lord is, crucify yourself. Now, that's not a popular message in this day. And yet, it's a biblical message. When we crucify ourselves... Rather than allowing sin to have its way, God doesn't ask that sinners give their hearts to the Lord. He says, I'll make you a new heart. And then with that new heart, you give that to the Lord. He doesn't want that old, deceitful, vile, and wretched old heart. He wants to give you a new heart. He wants you to make you new throughout. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.